Good morning. We're so glad to have you here and worshiping with us today and those who are visiting with us on Zoom. We're glad that you are here uh, with us as well. So a couple of announcements. Remember that Trunk or Treat is coming up on October 28th from 6 to 8. And so uh, those who want to sign up uh, to bring your cars and decorate them, uh, please do that. Also, if you'd like to bring out candy, if you can't actually come and you just want to drop off candy, uh, my house number is 187 North... Oh, no? Okay, sorry. Sharon was telling me no. Um, anyway, if you want to drop some off, uh, please bring it by and put it in the uh, kitchen. Um, also, shoebox season is here, so... Uh, it's already started, so they need to be in by November 7th, uh, and um, it, it goes to a uh, very uh, a great outreach. Um, Operation Christmas Child has been doing this for years, and so please uh, take one of the boxes home, or two, or three, uh, and then bring them back. And all the information in there, is, as far as the cost, um, is in the boxes. Uh, I believe it's $9.00. Uh, to ship a box, so um, it, it goes for a worthy cause, children actually getting to know about Christ. Um, also, I uh, want to remind you of our Bible study that is now on Sunday nights at 6.30. Uh, we are in the book of Luke, and then our Wednesday prayer meeting is at 6.30, and both of these are on Zoom. Um, so you can do it in person or on Zoom. Um, I do have one other announcement. The flowers that are on the altar today uh, are in memory of her mother, Margaret Wolf, and this is from Deborah, Deborah uh, McElwain. I always have trouble with your last name, so I'm just going to guess it in there. So, Debbie, thank you uh, for these flowers. Any other announcements that you have. Yes. So Well, Yes. Uh, anyway, I didn't want to announce that, but yes, it is Pastor Appreciation Month, and we do appreciate all of you uh, here as well, and so um, uh, we do appreciate uh, the, the gifts of, of food and, and gift cards, and occasionally I do like to partake of some, some meals. Um, so, um, any other announcements going on? Then let us uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Lord, as we begin, let our focus revolve around you. You called us together here now. So let us praise you in all that we do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our Call to worship, if you would please stand, is from Psalm 107, verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, 
His faithful love endures forever. Amen. And that was directly from the psalm that we studied today in Sunday school. And this song is from another psalm. Let's sing it from our hearts today. a happy emotion we were thinking about when we sang that first one, when we were praising God. This one is a little more serious. The psalmist is asking God to quench his thirst, his thirst for him, and um, as it's as the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee.
Thank you, Judy, for that, and thank you, Daniel. Um, as we come into this time of prayer, um, praises, are there prayer concerns or praises that you have that you want to share today? Okay? We have one right here in front, Donna. Um, our daughter-in-law, Joyce, has not been well for some time. Friday, she had an MRI that revealed both trouble with her pancreas and liver and also a growth on her liver. She'll have further tests tomorrow. We ask that you keep her in prayer. And our dear friend, Marson Joyce in Florida, who was diagnosed, he was diagnosed with throat cancer. Because of the location, he must first have radiation, then chemotherapy, and then surgery. So keep Joyce and Morris in your prayers, please. And you had said his name was Morris? Okay. Well, we'll pray for Joyce and, and Morris. Sharon? Um, can we pray for Jeannie Leitner? She's had a, a procedure done the other day, and um, she's not just feeling up to par right now. Okay. We will pray for, for Jeannie. Jeannie, Jeannie, okay. Okay. So on a less serious note, uh, please pray for Amanda as tomorrow she has to cope with the fact that her oldest will officially be an adult. Maya turns 18 tomorrow. Okay, because I didn't know where you were going with this. Because it sounded like a concern and then a praise and back to a concern again. So I'm not sure. So praying for Amanda because her daughter is turning 18. Wow. Well, welcome to the club. Uh, but we will pray. That is a uh, praying for Maya uh, for her birthday. Any others? Oh. Ron? Uh, Don is going for a CAT scan tomorrow, and I'd just like you to pray that it's all fine and clear. Okay, we'll keep praying for, for Donna Kiskadden. Uh, I know she's under the weather, uh, or has been, recovering and now going back, so we will pray uh, for her. Any other prayer concerns or praises? Uh, I, I usually... Well, yeah, I usually do do this. Uh, please pray for me. Um, Thursday, um, part of my role as a chaplain for the fire department is to go on the calls. And unfortunately, uh, on this call, uh, the person that was there uh, dis uh, was deceased. And then I had to be there with the, the sister and mom and try to console. And so for this family who loses a son at 24, uh, it's, it's a difficult time, so I'm wanting to lift them up in prayer and um, praying that God will reach them in this very difficult time. Um, and then praying for strength of when God asked me to, to do that. Um, so God is good for him being there with me. Any other concerns or praises that you have? Let's go to the Lord 
and prayer. Gracious Lord, we come to you as the church, not the building, but the people. And as we gather, we gather to celebrate, to worship you, to celebrate with one another over things that you have done, that you have blessed us. Lord, we thank you so many times, but Lord, help us to be thoughtful in these things that we bring up to you, that we just don't say, thank you, Lord, and go on our way. Lord, help us to really appreciate what you do each and every day, because you've, <clears throat> you've created this day. Help us to rejoice in this day, in each day, looking towards you, looking at the cross to remind us of your great love. So Lord, hear our praises that we just thank you for being with us through the good times and the bad times. Thank you for lifting us up, for guiding us, giving us wisdom, giving us words to say, and Lord, just being present with someone. Lord, we lift up those that are hurting, those that are sick. We lift up those that are hearing about test results. Lord, we pray for your peace through all of this. We pray for healing for those that have been diagnosed or upcoming surgeries. Lord, we pray for your healing always. Lord, for those that are going through a difficult time, whether it's illness or whether it's family, Whatever the case may be, Lord, help us to cry out to you and to listen, to know that whenever things are going good or bad, we turn to you, that we rejoice even in those days there, it's neither good nor bad. We should be always thanking you praising you. So Lord, hear our prayers. Hear our praises. Hear the things that we have kept in the silence of our hearts, Lord. We pray all of this to you now. In your son's holy name, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.
Today's scripture reading is from Judges chapter 2, starting at verse 16. Then the Lord raised up judges to rescue the Israelites from their attackers. Yet Israel did not listen to the judges, but prostituted themselves by worshiping other gods. How quickly they turned away from the path of their ancestors, who had walked in obedience to the Lord's commands. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge over Israel, he He was with that judge and rescued the people from their enemies throughout the judge's lifetime. For the Lord took pity on his people who were burdened with oppression and suffering. But when the judge died, the people returned to their corrupt ways, behaving worse than those who had lived before them. They went after other gods, serving and worshiping them and they refused to give up their evil practices and stubborn ways. So we are into the second week of Judges, and I I know you're as excited as I am about going through Judges. Um, And actually, I'm I'm actually being a little bit more serious because reading it again with God's eyes, seeing how even though people are doing the same thing over and over again, it's amazing how God still rescues them and loves them. And so... Um, have you, how many of you ever played Duck, Duck, Goose? Pretty simple game, isn't it? You go around, someone's it, they go Duck, 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 Goose, and the person chases, always in a clockwise position, right? Now, if you went counterclockwise, wouldn't you catch the person pretty quick, right? But that would be cheating, and so you have to keep going around in circles, And so sometimes the Israelites kept going around in circles. They would praise God, uh, we're turning back, and then get evil. And then they cry out, and they go in this circle. And sometimes we have teachers who, like this one teacher, I saw this on YouTube, young, young teacher thought she would teach Duck, Duck, Goose to four-year-olds. You see where I'm going with this. So they were in a circle, and the one child going, duck, 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 goose. Every single four-year-old got up, ran around, and did whatever they were wanting. And then you see this teacher going around, no, 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 get back in up. It was funny, because for a good five to ten minutes, four-year-olds are running crazy. Have you ever noticed that? They're doing their own thing. Well, this is kind of like the Israelites. They just didn't want to do what God had wanted. They wanted to do their own thing. And so this is how the book of Judges actually came to life. Because they were doing all of this, the Israelites, of following God and then doing their own thing, he actually raised up judges to help them to actually bring them back to God. 
And so this is how the book of Judges is. You will, we will go and we will discover a couple of judges in the next uh, couple of sermons. But here, it is a cycle that seems to be ongoing. And we see that in the world today, don't we? seems like we're going in this circle where we, we change our lives, we get on track, and then suddenly we fall off again. We do our own thing. And so as they struggle with this, the Israelites, they get into slavery, God actually hears them and brings them back and delivers them. Isn't that kind of like on Sunday mornings? We all get here, we're all excited. Well, most of you are excited. No one's reading a paper. No, don't pick it up. You know. are, are, are you excited? Yes. Okay, good. I'm, you're still with me. And, and, you, and you leave here, hopefully going, okay, I'm going to, to seize the day for the Lord. And then what happens? Something, you see something in the news. Or someone cuts you off in traffic, or you don't have a good experience at a restaurant, or your team loses and suddenly you're back where you started. The whole idea for Joshua was to go into a land that has been promised and Joshua was to clear out the people that were there. And instead, he made a treaty. And then, as Joshua makes a treaty, the other Israelites, the other tribes, clear out just part of the land, but not all of it. And so, they too are doing what God had asked them, God had asked them to do this, and they compromised. And so here in Judges, in Judges 2.10, it says, After that generation died, another generation grew up and did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done. A generation. We had talked about this um, in, um, in prayer meeting, that we're only a generation from people not knowing the Lord. And that's a sad thing, that people are not hearing. Are we going to have another generation that won't know the Lord? Now, one of the things I did say is that the Lord's word will always be here. So if we have a generation in America that misses out on the, on the word, there are other places around the world that will hear the word of God. So the word of God will never leave. But we have a generation now that is not turning to them. And so in Judges they will they do their, in Judges, the Israelites do their own thing and God punishes them. And then eventually they turn back and then God 
decides, okay, we're going to send in judges, and that's what the Lord does. In 16, the Lord raises up judges to rescue the Israelites from their attackers. And this is what they did in through judges. They're listening, they're turning, and then they forget. And then they do their own thing. So when the Lord was raising up these judges, they would listen for a short time. But when the judge died, they would go right back to doing whatever. So the judge comes in, tells them what's going on, they turn, and then forget. We'll see that with Gideon, we'll see that with Deborah, we'll see that even with Samson. Because even the judges, not really Deborah, but Gideon and Samson both fall away as well. So the hard thing about this is for us is that are we going to break the cycle of sin? I know we, we get into this thing that sin is a private matter, but unfortunately it is not. Sometimes we say, well, that's just how they're going to live. What's the harm in it? Do, do, do you think really, you know, some will say, do you really think God cares about this? But in reality, sin is not a private matter. We are connected. So at some point, someone's sin will affect someone else. And you may be thinking, well, how can that be? How can someone's sin affect someone else? We've seen that. We open the paper. We see the sin that is in the world. How many of you have ever got a paper cut? And then, by chance, put lemon juice on it. Ah! Little bit of, or even alcohol or something, on that paper cut. It's amazing what a paper cut will do to the entire body. You cannot think of anything except that paper cut. You stub your toe. All of a sudden, your whole focus is on that toe. So that's what happens with sin. We may think, well, if I sin, I'm not causing any great damage. But when you sin, you actually hurt the body of Christ. This is why we're trying as a congregation, as a member of the body of Christ, to try to do and live a godly life. And it's not just the big sins, it's the little sins. It's all these things that pull us away from God. Anytime we sin, big or small, we're pulling ourselves from God. It's almost like we're rebelling. Remember, well, I'm not going to have a show of hands, but there might have been a time that I was rebellious. Okay, obviously, uh, recently too. But let's just look at the teenage years. Have, were any of you rebellious in your teenage years? Okay, I, I was. 
Uh, I might have uh, done some things that, let's just say as a teenager that I'm glad Facebook was not invented then. But I still did damage to the body of Christ. And it wasn't until older, later when I actually came to know Christ as Lord and Savior that I started to change. Tim Keller, in his book of, uh, the, book, the book of Judges that he is writing, he says, God's anger is not opposed to his love. It is an expression of it. It's because he loves his people, cares about his relationship with them, that he responds with right anger when they turn from him and prostitute themselves. So as we rebel, yes, God gets angry with us, but it's a righteous anger because he loves us and he wants us to live a life that is pleasing to him. This is why he sent God to, God sent his son to die for our sins so that we could have a relationship with him. In Judges, looking at it through God's eyes, yes, we see people in, in some of the Judges' stories, they're very dark and gr- very graphic. But what, I'm, what I see there is God loving his people. Yes, there's righteous anger, and yes, he does things, but he does it to get them back. This is God's love for us. You know, God knows our hearts. He knows what we've done, and he has forgiven. And sometimes he has corrected us along the way, and we don't like it. We don't like when we are corrected. How often did we get in trouble? Did we like when our parents disciplined us? Nope. I mean, can you believe that my parents would actually take away my car keys because I came in one minute late after curfew? Could you believe my mom, my sweet mom, would do that to me? Do you know that I was never late again? And I wasn't. And if I was going to be late, I would find a... Okay, so to our children and young people, uh, we didn't have this. You had to have quarters or dimes because you would have to find a payphone and you had better call your parents. Because if you didn't, well, yeah, it wasn't a good time. But if I called and said... This is what's going on. My mom would go, okay. I had to to do that. And with my own children, uh, I did that. So in this book of Judges, as we're going through it, we see that the leaders are chosen by God, imperfect as they are, to get people to come back. Because what the Israelites were doing was turning their eyes from God and focusing on other idols, the false gods. And one of the things that 
Tim Keller wrote, is that false gods can make people into servants who are deeply, stubbornly enslaved. But false gods cannot show grace. They cannot forgive. They promise much, but they deliver nothing. We talked a little bit about that in Sunday school. People are chasing things that they shouldn't. You know, if we just had enough money, we could do all of these things. We could live in luxury. It would be fun. But what happens when the money goes? Or you're chasing things like promotions and and things in the workforce, which is fine. But if they become your God, they're going to disappoint you. Because it's only God that can show grace and love and able to forgive us of sins. This is what the book of Judges is actually showing because Judges, he moves from Judges and begins to have prophets. And then it's all pointing to if the Judges can't do it and the prophets can't do it, then I'll send the one person who can, and he sends Christ. And with Christ's blood shed for us, our sins are forgiven once and for all. And then we need to start living for Christ. So how can we know if Christ is the Lord in every area of our lives. And that's one of the thoughts that, in the reflection, how, how can we look at it? We have to look at what's in our lives right now and how important they are and where is God in that. And if anything is above God, we have to relook at that. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, help us to find out or to search out those false gods that we've put in front of you and forgive us, Lord. And help us to serve you in all things. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So if we're really going to be honest about this, we have to see what's in our lives right now. What are things that are pulling us away from God. And we have to be honest, it could be families, careers, possessions, ambitions, our time. Hmm. I just don't have time to serve God. Do we have to schedule God in to our lives? Shouldn't it be the other way around? God is there. We need to always have time open for God. Think about this. If you're, remember when the Pharisees got upset with Jesus because he healed on the Sabbath? They were upset. How can you heal on the Sabbath? And Jesus said, well, what if your own neighbor was hurting, had fallen? If your mule had fallen someplace, wouldn't you go and help? 
So one of the things that we have to do is make is be ready for God to use us in those times where we don't we just open ourselves up to him. Okay, Lord, what if we work on your schedule? See, on Thursday when I went to the the scene of of this cardiac arrest, I told earlier that the fire trucks had left and I saw the chief and I told, you know, I said what's going on and he said that the person had dis- was deceased and that the the mom and the sisters in there and they're distraught and so for two hours working with them and I prayed as I was going Lord use me and then I was thinking you know as I was going well but I have this and this and this else to do in the day and then when I got there realizing that my schedule now revolved around what I needed to do for the mom and the sister my schedule actually vanished How often do we say, okay, God, I would love to do that, but I just don't have the time. Oh, I would love to make a call, or I would love to visit, or I I would love to do this, but I just don't have time. Maybe it's that time that we have trouble with. We do get busy, don't we? Some, Some of us love to get busy. But in this reflection time, maybe maybe our family, maybe our careers, maybe our possessions, our ambitions, but I really think a lot of this is our time. How much time do we spend praising God? How much time do we spend serving God? That's something for you to think about and for me to think about. How much time are we using to serve the Lord? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, maybe it is our time. We get so busy with stuff, whether it's families or work or whatever is school, And it seems like we don't have enough time for you. But not just a time to just pray and to worship, but also to do your work. You called all of us to be an example. You called all of us who have been redeemed to go out and to shed our light, which is Christ-like, which is Christ's light in us, to be shown to others. So Lord, use us this week. Help us to listen for your calling. Help us to keep our eyes open to see where you're working so that we can come alongside you. But Lord, help us not to, that it's not about us. It's about you. So Lord, guide us. We pray all of this in Christ's most holy name. Amen.
if you'll leave uh, those words up for just a moment. Um, kind of wraps up the, the sermon today. Um, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and all the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And that is your benediction. Amen? Amen. Amen.